our battles Cause we know we're gonna win the war When I ride on cause we shattered all of this before This before Steadier than steel cause I'm a warrior I didn't want to be I didn't need to be I didn't expect to be I didn't deserve to be Hi fellow warriors My name is Sandy Stalenberg And welcome to my new podcast series Called Banished from the Tribe I have learnt the art of war. I have studied my enemy. I've memorised their strategies. And I've done that for three reasons. To outsmart them, to outwit them and outplay them. Now a warrior is a person who is skilled in combat and they're skilled in the art of warfare. And they will fight to the death and they're known for their courage and skill. Workplace bullying is a fight for your life. Workplace bullying kills. If you have found me here on my podcast, then you too may be a warrior or you may know someone who is a warrior or you may suspect that you are about to become a warrior. In my experience, there is every likelihood that if you step foot into a workplace, that there are people that are prepared to take you on, to take your career and to take your life. It's interesting because in life, we do everything possible to keep ourselves and our properties safe. Imagine our homes. We do everything possible to make sure that people that aren't welcome are prevented from entering. We lock our doors, we lock our windows, we make sure that everything is secure, our precious belongings are in secret hiding places. So therefore, we expect that people that are wanting to take that from us will have to fight you for it. And you make it very difficult for them to steal what is yours. In workplace bullying, and I hate the term bully, and in future episodes we will discuss why I hate the term bully. In workplace bullying, bullies didn't get the memo about those types of rules. Now, when you drive your car, you've got your seatbelt on, you make sure that you secure all of your passengers and you do everything possible to minimise the risk. People don't understand that the same types of dangers are right in front of their faces when they step into a workplace. And if you're anything like I was, I was naive. I believed that because I was a union member, that there were definitely people on my side. I paid my union fees. So therefore, if something went wrong or if there was a problem, there would be someone there to stand up and advocate for me. That is incorrect. There are workplace and health, workplace health and safety laws. 
such as um, Safe Work New South Wales, the Fair Work Commission, there are human rights laws. All of these things have been put into place. But just like the thief that can come into your home who has skills that can jimmy a door open or can pry open your window, even just smash it and enter your home, workplace bullies have figured out the system, have figured out the laws, how to manipulate the laws with airy-fairy terms such as using reasonable actions to justify that they are prepared to do anything to take your life. So what is workplace bullying? I'll tell you what workplace bullying isn't. It is not a leadership style. It is not a personality clash. It is not a relationship conflict. And it is not a matter of perception. And ignoring it will not make it go away. Workplace bullying is abusive behavior that creates an intimidating and humiliating work environment with the purpose or effect of harming another's dignity, safety and well-being. Now, when you're a warrior who, like me, has been through the whole system, I went through 24 months of workplace bullying and how they did that with me was with performance management, then it was my health management, then it was an attack on my reputation through the school community, then it was a denial of transfer, and then finally it was accusations about secondary employment. 24 months it took to destroy the career of a teacher that had enjoyed a stellar and celebrated career of 25 years. Now, when you're in the battle for your life, victory has to come at all costs. And victory has to come in spite of being extremely unwell. It has to come because you are feeling terror and however long and hard it is, and there are many, many times when I didn't think that I was going to make it. Victory is the only option because without victory, there is no survival. In my 10 year journey, since my career got unceremoniously ended by some very calculating and evil women, the consequences for a victim of workplace bullying are quite dire. There is no celebration of your career, however long your career has been. There is no gold watch. There is no thank you for your service, Sandy. That was an amazing 25 years. You're just there one day 
and you're gone the next. You're annulled, you're evaporated. My employer was the New South Wales Department of Education. I began teaching with them in 1986. I knew teaching was my soul's purpose and I saw every child, body, mind and spirit. And for me, a child is a nation's most valuable natural resource and they need to be loved and encouraged to be the best possible person that they can be. That's how I approached my teaching. Now teaching has been considered and I think is the most noblest of professions. And it's a profession, let's face it, that is responsible for teaching all other professions. It shapes the character of our students and it shapes the caliber and the future of an individual. And it's more than a vocation, it's a way of life and it's a calling. And as Randolph Butsing said, a teacher is the most important person in any civilization, as on him or her depends the molding of nations. Now, workplace bullying is a silent pandemic, and it's a pandemic that has been in, in existence for way longer than our current pandemic of COVID-19. It's silent, it's insidious, and it creeps in like a cancer. And it's based on an ideology that has been in society for a very, very long time. It's all part of the cancel culture. It's all part of an ideology that began with the language of teaching that has changed. No longer do we see a child as an individual, we see them as a collective and everything about teaching became about what's best for the highest good. Once you take individuality out of education, you create an environment where you have a massive amount of competition. You see your colleague as a competitor. There is no more collegiality. And then that creates the environment of, I'm gonna get her before she gets me. And the drive to climb up the ladder of leadership is definitely an extremely important part of the pandemic of workplace bullying. Now my employer, the New South Wales Department of Education, is the largest employer in the Southern Hemisphere. So not only are they responsible for every school in New South Wales, there is a huge conglomerate of people that work for the Department of Education. So how is it possible that the cleansing of wisdom happens where a teacher of 25 years experience is so unceremoniously and disgracefully sacked, basically. 
and what happens to that person after they have experienced the disgraceful, unceremonious sacking, or as I like to call it, constructed dismissal of someone's career. The New South Wales Department of Education, just like many employers, are not doing what they are meant to be doing when it comes to workplace bullying. And most corporations, most companies, particularly public service and government departments, although they have all of their policies, procedures, managerial paperwork in place, it is very easy for an employer to manipulate the system under the section in the Workers' Compensation Act, Section 11A, which talks about that they have reasonable action when it comes to performance and conduct. Now, my employer is who I have experience with. And if you're not a person who is employed by the New South Wales Department of Education, this podcast and all of my subsequent podcasts in the series are still going to be relevant for you. My experience is with my employer, but I know that through my experience, you will gain something from my experiences. Now, I'm going to be talking a lot about who these people are, why they do it, why they chose me, and how you can overcome it. And prevention is better than cure. And my job here is to use my experience that it has taken 10 years to gain all of the knowledge that I have and 10 years to gain all of the healing that I have in order for me to be strong enough for me to now gather my army, my call to action to say, I am waging a war on workplace bullying. My life is precious to me, hands off it. And the feeling within me is, if you want my life, you're going to have to fight me for it. There are silent victims in workplace bullying. It doesn't just happen to the victim. These people decided that my life was worth taking. I'm sure they didn't take into account that they did this to my children. They did this to my mother. They did this to my brothers. They did this to my family. But the worst part is that the process took part in front of children in an education setting. And ultimately, they did this to their students in their school. One day, I'm Mrs. Stalenberg, teacher of S1F. The next day, I'm gone, I've disappeared. And to this day, I'm fairly certain that not many of my students understand why their teacher was there one day and gone the next. I'm going to read you an excerpt of my book. I wrote a book about my experience called the Life Breakers, One Teacher's Fight for Sanity and Justice After Workplace Bullying. 
It's quite harrowing to listen to. It was harrowing to live through. It was harrowing to remember. And it was harrowing to write about. But I'm not here for anyone's comfort, if I can be that bold. This is an uncomfortable subject that we're talking about. So I'm going to read the excerpt of the part of my career that was the end. I'd slept through the alarm again. Another fitful, restful night fraught with nightmares and anxious dreaming and dozing. The hours between returning home and recovering from being at school to preparing to go back were unbearable. I had no desire for food, no energy to speak, just being on autopilot with a compounding, excruciating volcano of despair welling up in me. How long I could sustain this feeling, keeping a cork in the crater, was unpredictable. Now it was set in stone. The death of me was official. Rest in peace, me. Now, out of my body, yet not free. The walking dead drove mindlessly on her final journey to school. I turned right onto the roundabout and heard the call from the tree like a mermaid siren call of her sailor. I'm here, I'm here. All you have to do is come to me. Hit me, hit me, drive into me, drive into me. I can set you free, no more pain. I'll help make it stop. The pressure on the accelerator pedal to increase the speed to 80, 85, 90 kilometers per hour was my foot. Yet it felt like it was being done by an outside force. Nora and Bronte's reign of terror was over. The enchanting, mesmerizing, spell-binding peace of the impact on the bark of my savior tree would soon be mine. I would be okay. They're all better off without me. Everything they say about me is true. I am worthless. I won't be missed. I refuse to be a burden, especially on my children. They deserve better, so much better than what they've got now. They're once strong, vivacious, full of life, independent, reliable mother was gone. They'll be okay. The thought of my children shocked me back into my body. The realisation and enormity of my final act of courage and love for my children was like the fully charged paddles of the emergency room I needed to save my life or what was left of it. I managed to pull out of my death dive with centimetres to spare. The car seemed to be picked up by that outside force and placed just past the tree. A sudden stop, silence, 
and hysteria now whirled in me as my system laid broken. Clinging with white knuckles to a steering wheel that would have been cut out of my chest a few minutes earlier. My children, my poor children, my babies, they saved me. I am a mother, I wailed. I felt a minuscule ember of life force left in me. Today was not my last day on earth. It was my last day as someone's teacher. Nora and Bronte can have my job, but they can't have my life. Their coven is theirs, those filthy witches. It's official. Being a teacher, going to work, had officially destroyed me. I would never be the same again. I really don't have much recollection of my final day. I'm reminded of the actions that I took. Packing up my personal belongings, emptying my files onto a USB from the staff portal, taking all of my photos down, emptying my desk, erasing my existence that I was ever there. Jules stayed with me all that day. My champion, my friend, my Mrs. Whale, my saviour. I can't tell you the name of my students, the class of 2011, my far final class ever. The brain is a magnificent and powerful organ. It can undo you or save you. I was saved that day. I didn't know for what or why. As Robbie Williams famously sings, I don't want to die, but I'm not keen on living either. Those words that would epitomise the following five years of my life. I remember looking into my rearview mirror as I drove out of Salem Public School for the final time. The best part about that place is the reflection in the rearview mirror, I thought to myself. Little did I know that day, my last day as a teacher, that really that was just the beginning of my journey. The next five years was filled with the workers' compensation system, investigators taking statements, doctors, medication, psychologists, psychiatrists, nine independent medical assessments, return to work providers, workers' compensation being denied and ultimately should never have been. Rehabilitation providers that suggest that the only job that you're capable of doing is walking a dog. Inconsistent pay due to financial bullying from my employer. Allianz Insurance staffed by the, the same types of psychopaths that 
are ultimately in charge of trying to annihilate you as well. Lawyers, court, psychiatric hospital. I'll never forget the day and I was the only teacher, to my knowledge, that has ever been forced to take the workers' compensation system as far as a courtroom. I sat in the witness box. The judge asked me, Mrs. Stalenberg, can you tell us briefly what was the effect that this had on you? I looked at my children and I was terrified. I'd never been in a courtroom before. And here I was trying to convince a court of law that I was banished from the tribe, but it wasn't my fault. I took a deep breath and I said, Your Honour, every night I pray that I don't wake up and every morning I cry because I have. I won my court case in a landmark decision and now, 10 years later, my prayer is very different. Every night I pray for just one more day and every morning I smile because I've received one. In 2011, I was banished from my tribe. Now, banishment is an unbearable thing for something to happen to somebody. In ancient times, it was used as a punishment and it was imposed on an individual and it was a punishment for real crimes. Modern day banishment is the end result of workplace bullying. You are shunned and ostracized by your colleagues, by your community, by your profession. And the worst part is, is that there was no crime that you committed. Now, this is all based on a fantasy that is created in the mind of a psychopath stroke malignant narcissist stroke sociopath. It is scripted in their head. It is then implemented. It's like a detonation on your life with your ultimate destruction. Now, when you're banished from a tribe, you have lost your identity. You are forced into exile. Of course, you're abandoned by your community and no matter how much you profess your innocence, the psychopath, the workplace bully, is so convincing that everybody believes that you have committed the crimes that you've been accused of. So that in ancient times, like now, you are left to wander aimlessly into the wilderness and you feel shame and you're in despair.
and rarely does a pariah survive the loss of their tribe. That's why I've decided that although I have been a tribe of one, I am now strong enough, I am now well enough, I have accumulated all of the weaponry that I need, I have quite an extensive arsenal that I can help to gather my tribe, gather my army, and it's time to wage war on workplace bullying. My fellow warriors, my mission is to wage war on workplace bullying, however many days it takes, until the victory is ours. And you know that we're stronger, that's why we're alive. And you can't stop us now, because we've got a whole damn army. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Next episode on Banished from the Tribe, we are talking about my favourite subject, the C word. So I hope you can join me next time. Don't forget, if you enjoyed listening to my first podcast, there'll be many, many, many more to come. I'm looking forward to interviewing special guests, perhaps people that have been in the situation like I have been. Don't forget to jump on to our Facebook page, our Instagram page and our Twitter page and join our army by heading over to our website as well, Hands Off My Life, and sign up for our newsletter. Until next time, don't forget warriors, you can't stop us now. We've got a whole damn army. No, we won't bow, we won't break. No, we're not afraid to do